You know, the interesting thing that, you know, what we were talking about though, is that with those, with those bands and I agree with them, there's still a lot of those bands that are big, you know, the, the Deftones and Corn and Disturbed and whatnot. Right. There's maybe 15 that are really big. No, and, right. and, and, and that, and that's kind of equivalent to the eighties, I guess, you know, the Bon Jovi's mm-hmm. and the Motley's and the, you know, Metallica's and, and Megadeth's et cetera of, of the world. But I'm talking about the second tier. I'm talking about the equivalence to like a black and blue, which I guess okay. in the nineties would have been what, like crazy town or fly banger or. Yeah. I saw the crazy town guy. Well, at that gig, that Paul Gervasi that I met him at uh, in Hollywood, I actually saw the Crazy Town singer oh, wow. walking around at that. He played in it. They played. really, they did. Crazy Town is still happening, huh? Well, they were playing that day. I don't know how happening they were, but he looked good. He looked the same. Do you still have the spiky Little hair? Dude. Little dude. <laughs> does but he, uh, does he yeah. still have the spiked out hair? No, I think if I if I'm recalling it correct he just had a shaved head at oh, this nice. gig but he was kind of lurking around he was kind of looking to see if anybody recognized him he was kind of walking around the place dude nobody would have recognized him when crazy town was a thing who are we kidding here <laughs> <laughs> yeah a lot of the early 2000s stuff you could tell already that it's not going to have the longevity that even the 90s stuff right has right on all right man well let's let's switch directions here because all right i'm I'm, I'm, I think if I switch directions, maybe we'll get into a better flow here. <laughs> I, I'm going to try that too. I took one of Susan's white claws. Oh, look at you, faggot. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> nice going. Uh, <laughs> All right. I saw so, the funniest commercial. I, I, it sounds like you might've seen it too, where, yeah. where a guy starts defending white claw. He's like, he was like kind of a tough guy. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, Hey, there's a lot of people out there saying that white claws you know, for sissies and this and that. I just want you to know that, you know, I drink White Claw and, you know, I'm going to have one right now. And then he just, he just pulls up a dildo. It's, it's, right <laughs> yeah, they, it's, it's the opposite effect of the Snickers commercial. <laughs> they actually have a very high amount of alcohol in them. Stop. I'll never know that. Know why? Because I'll never be that fruity to drink one. Never. Well, actually, you know what? In her case, my lady's case. I prefer when she drinks these because then there's less tensions, you know? Yeah, but like, I think there's a label on the side of it that says must have a vagina to ingest. And she does. Yeah, but I you don't. You to know. Maybe, maybe you do. Maybe you do. Maybe you do too. One. And that's why you're drinking it. You, What's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm a hermaphrodite. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Well, dude, I, I let, let's talk about this because this is something I'm sure you've had this conversation with Stephen Piercy over. And um, I am very curious. I want to have this with Stephen Piercy myself at some point. Okay. As you are, you are aware, but probably not to the level that, that I am with this. I mean, every, everybody that any one of us that grew up in the eighties loved rap. That's pretty right. fair. You know, everybody liked everybody liked round and round or lay it down or you know everybody with good taste. Yeah, well, everybody pretty much. I rat was huge. Rat was a gigantic monster band. And everybody liked their tunes. And I did too. I'm not gonna say I didn't, but I'm gonna be honest, I liked arcade better. I was way more into arcade, it was heavier. I thought Steven got into a really good writing groove, especially that first the first arcade record were you aware that i contributed to that no to on arcade lyrical, one on a lyrical level to arcade one yes sir to what song uh to dancing with the angels no kidding which is the opening track which yeah. was funny because so this this band uh voodoo we had a demo um but here's here's the twist Steven, you know, was kind of helping our band at the time because, right. you know, as I've spoken about, he lived across the street from me when I was growing up and I was a young mm-hmm. teenager and he knew I had a band that I was a garage band right. that I was playing with and, uh, at the time. And I remember at some point he gave a list of song titles that he thought would be cool. Okay. And one of them was uh, a title, a song, a title called Fear City. And so, 
Andy Milner, which is the son of actor Martin Milner, little side note, uh, had said, yeah, that is cool. And we wrote a song together, Andy and I, and we called it Fear City, which Stephen did okay. donate the name to, right? Sure. Well, he turns around and then takes the first verse from that song, which okay. our, ours went, uh, ne- needles and pins haven't been so good to me. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it would... Ours said like poor white trash with the need for a social disease. Okay. And then he just changed part of that. He changed uh the white trash. He said poor cheap trash instead right. of poor white trash. Okay. He's not racist, Stephen. I'll just in his I'll just tell you that he is he loves everybody. Sure. Okay. And so he doesn't he probably was i don't know he changed it but that was cool that he changed it sure you know uh but uh yeah so that line was actually from a fierce city from a voodoo okay song for a little bit of music trivia so flash forward it was he was still a big deal at that time in 1992 yeah okay so on the radio and i've stated this before they would mention in San Diego anyway, when there was a Stephen Piercy sighting or anything, they'd be like, there was mm-hmm. a Stephen Piercy sighting today at uh warehouse records, you know, okay. <laughs> wherever some defunct place now. Right. Uh, so he was a big deal, but I remember when the song was coming out, the first single for arcade and it was like, drum roll, please. Okay. Arcade, everybody, are you ready? And then I was hearing the song for the first time. And I remember I was in my car and I go, Oh, this should be cool. And I turned it up. And then, sure enough, he's like, uh, needles and pins haven't been so good to me. And I was like, what the hell? So that was like, that was my first taste of ever being like plagiarized. Right. (laughs) But, you know, it was kind of awesome at the same time. Hell yeah. It was awesome for a minute. And you were like, wait a minute. Why aren't I getting anything for that? (laughs) Well, I used to tell people, I I used to tell girls back then when I was a young teenager, when I knew Steven, I was like, yeah, you know, I know Piercy and actually I'm going to be in rap someday. (laughs) I would like tell them that. Just whatever I, you know, it is right. You you got to use what you got back then, man. That's right. (laughs) You you embellished. You embellished. Dude, Dude, I, I remember there was this girl named Teresa. She lived up the road from me and I convinced her to, to bang me if I could get her to meet Vince Neal. Ah. I had no contacts at all. You know, you know, I was like 16 years old or whatever I was, you know, I was 15, 16 years old, but I literally ended up taking her to Motley Crue. And this is such a stupid, dumb story. I've never even told this even on a CMS, but it's funny. I told her, that I had a hookup because my mom had a hookup, but I didn't have a hookup, but I took her to the Motley Crue show and I went through the whole rigmarole of pretending that I was supposed to have passes at the will call window. Right. He's going to be calling me any minute with those. No, I, I mean, I literally went up to the will call window and I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm on the guest list. You know? Right. And, and and they were like, we don't have, and I'm like, what the hell? Why don't I, you know, I, I'm raising a fit. Right. Meanwhile, I knew I did. I wasn't on no dumb guest list, but because I raised that fit, I ended up hooking up with her after the show that night. She banged me anyway. I was like, all right, good. Perfect. Hell yeah. <laughs> Had to go that route. <laughs> That's just, fantastic. Just a straight up lie. I also had a Motley Crue story like that too. It was on the um Dr. Feelgood right? tour. That was the first time I ever got to see them. Okay. I have a picture somewhere of that of me with the tour shirt from that. Uh but anyway, uh yeah, girl Sandy. I remember, you know, do, do trying anything I can to hang out with this girl. And then Motley Crue was coming to town and that caught her attention. I was right. like, hey, Molly Crew, I'll get us tickets. And this is back in like 19, I don't know, 89 or something, Dr. Feelgood. Right. Concert tickets were only $20. Okay. Yeah, yeah, back <laughs> then, so, sure. That was a cheap date. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, and she, I didn't even have a car. She did. But uh, nice. we, I, we did go and see Molly Crew. I do remember she kind of bailed on me during the show. Uh, and I remember 
being really bummed out. Like I felt like I got kind of used for right. the right, but then all of a sudden she reappeared and there she was. And then so the last like couple of songs were just like we're arm in arm, and it was a you know a good memory. Sure, for me it went from shitty to awesome. <laughs> Have you ever used the Piercy connection to hook up with somebody that blew you off before? Um, no, like now, I never, I never really went backwards like that. Okay, I, in dating, I don't. I, I usually keep moving on. <laughs> no, I would. <laughs> yeah, I definitely would. But <laughs> all right, well, let, let's move back to Piercy for a minute. Um, so we we're talking a little bit about Arcade. Arcade obviously did not blow up. It should have. I honestly think it should have, especially Arcade One. Arcade One was as good as any rat record to me. Do you know? Do you know that that was a like a million dollar deal? I don't doubt it. That he had like they definitely looked at Steven as being the main guy in rat. Well, they thought he was sure. rat. Yeah, they yeah, thought yeah, he was definitely. rat. They they didn't. I guess they didn't realize the importance of really Warren. Because Warren, Warren, Warren and Robin, I guess, really put that sound, you know, and, and, and I mean, Steven, too. But, uh, you know, when Arcade hit, I just remember I was so pumped when Arcade 1 came out and it didn't hit. I saw it. I saw the tour. Dude, it was one of the craziest things. I was in the front row of, of a tour at flashes here in Cleveland, which no longer exists and hasn't existed in like 30 fucking years. But Steven played, played there. And at some point I was in the front row and he just jumped out on my fucking shoulders and he looked down at me and he's like, all right, run around the crowd. <laughs> he jumped on your shoulder. He got on my shoulder. Was this a gay bar? No, it was just a regular oh. old bar, but he just kind of, he was rocking out and he just jumped out on my shoulder. Sh wow. And then I just fucking walked around with him. Well, you are big and It was the dumbest shit ever, <laughs> but, but it happened. Um, but anyway, to, to talk about arcade, it obviously did not hit. And I don't, I don't know that you would call it a failure because it was a, it was a damn good record, but it did not. It didn't Resonate. do rat numbers, and it and right. it it obviously was short lived. And I know, as a hardcore fan, I I still love that record. But I know most people don't even know that record. For Steven, do they look at side projects that don't hit as a failure? And is that why they don't really do much with it as they go? Like Steven's a solo guy now, but mm -hmm. every once in a while he might pull out a song from Arcade, but he's not going to bring out Living Dangerously or, you know, he might pull out what, like Cry No More or something. Uh, no, yeah, we've we've um, definitely pulled out a couple Arcade songs here and there. Dancing with the Angels, I remember playing. Um, there's, there's some other nothing ones. Nothing to too, Lose. Nothing to Lose we've played. Um, uh, and at that time he was really trying hard. I mean, he was, we were talking yeah. about guitar tunings earlier, but that that's a record tune standard. Okay. And Steven really did have a good range and, and his studio stuff he did was pretty up there, mm -hmm. you know, uh, singing wise and difficult. Some of it, you know, right. to, to sing, like when it gets to that break and nothing to lose was when you wake up, nothing, you got nothing. That's like, yeah, damn, that's like way up there. So that's kind of a struggle. But we there's a couple we try to do. Some right. of them are like technically difficult to play. They're like kind of technical Aerosmithy kind of mm -hmm. uh, songs. But anyways, going back to their deal, if they give a band a million dollars, they're expecting to make like ten million dollars right, off sure. them. Mm -hmm. Okay, so even though by today's standards what would be kind of successful in a band you would hear about and certainly would be out touring at a at a at a, at a profit um they're expecting way bigger levels when they're throwing that kind of cash down for something right you know you but want to borrow look, how does he look at it now though is what i'm asking does he look at it as a failure does he no does, he looks at it as a as a positive i mean so why wouldn't he pull why wouldn't he pull up I don't know, uh, cry no more or uh, mother blues or something just in the middle, just so that the, the 10 hardcores in the, in the, in the room <laughs> would, would be like, Holy fuck. That's awesome that he played this thing. 
Perhaps, perhaps. I, I, you know, I guess we do more look at it as a majority and don't care about those 10 people at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, no, I would, I would play any of that stuff if he wanted to, you know, the hardest thing is that, you know, we, we haven't really toured in a long time. Like as sure. you know, earlier, it's a lot of flyouts, and then with the Piercy band, we've certainly had a lot of lineup changes in the last mm-hmm. years and it seems like different people know different songs and we really don't rehearse. Right. If I could be frank. Sure. <laughs> uh, if we did actually put in, you know, a week or two of rehearsals, we could do a more, uh, a better set, you know, right. maybe encapsulate. So you think that's the career. reason he doesn't reach to like, you know, like I, I'll just give a couple of examples, but like, I would love personally, and again, okay. this is this is my own personal taste, which is probably oh, hold on, Chris. Hold on. Yeah. Hello, Stephen. Let me get this. <laughs> yeah, get okay, it down. Go ahead. Get it down. I would like to hear one one with the sun by Vertex. Oh, one like a sun. Yeah, whatever. One that with called. the sun. One uh, with the sun, I think, or is it one like the sun? Red alert. I don't think you're a real fan. Oh, sorry, I guess not. <laughs> I would like to hear a vicious delight tune. <sighs> That's cool. I, you know, I actually do have a couple songs on that. Okay. Okay. There's a song called Dizzy. Right. right. Okay. This is the first song that I ever recorded with Piercy. And I was probably only, I was probably like 22 years old or something like that. And he pulls me up into a studio and we just, we, he pulled that out of me on the spot. Right. And it's it actually is a good riff. And I've I've considered telling him, hey, we should actually do that one again because it had it had something, but it was just too demo-y. But it did end up on the vicious delight. Uh I believe it ended up on that record, if I'm not mistaken. Dizzy. But this is, would yeah. be the first time that I would end up playing with Steven. I was a super young dude, hardly hardly knew the guitar, but I was like right. and he pulled in some studio drummer and he was like right. it was kind of badass and he was like in a pissy mood because yeah the arcade thing flopped or whatever and he was like I don't need I don't need anyone stop telling me telling me you're someone he was right. like it, it was kind of badass like I bet we could do a, a better version of it today sure. we should no you should and and it's funny because he has some I mean he has some songs that no one knows that are really fucking good he has some awful stuff too like anything on fueler was just garbage but i hope you didn't write on that but that's a bad um, record okay that's, well that's a bad funny record. you should say mention it i do have a couple songs but they were on like the european version that he put out because now you're talking about this would be right when i joined the band like he was putting okay. out this fueler record and then he needed a couple extra songs to sell the european version of a deal right. which is where you do a second record deal where you kind of not double dip on it but you're able to like make another licensing deal or what have you overseas but they requested that it had some tracks that the american version doesn't have something to uh entice people into buying it so he was under pressure to like write a couple more songs so again uh he pulls me in his secret weapon at the last (laughs) second you know to like go in there and he pulls like and, and this time he had some drum tracks, but they were of some other demos he had done with somebody, some other drummer. Like at one okay. point, he was going to do a, a cover of the Partridge Family song, um, I Think I Love You. Okay, yeah. And it was like, ba, 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 the song's really weird, actually. If if you end up, Stephen does like much. the weird covers as as you. It was a weird. I don't think the record ended up doing it, but he had the drums from it. So he goes, right. so he says, uh, "Can you do something with this?" So he had the drums. So he basically was requesting that I write an entirely different musical thing over these pre-existing drums that he happened to have, so he wouldn't okay. have to have a drummer come in. Right. So now we're really scraping. You know what I mean? Right. Really, really scraping the barrel. But I did, I mean, as weird as it as those songs might have been, again, if we had more time and budget, we could have made the songs actually pretty good. But it's 
what makes it impressive is that we pulled it out of our buttholes like that day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, nice. and put it out there. But uh, th- yeah, I remember that. I remember going, shit, okay. So I am on that if it's the European version. Um, All right. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't have the European version. And <laughs> cinematic. Do, is your version have a song called Cinematic on it? I don't know. Does it have I, a dude, song I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. I'm just being honest, and I love Steven. You know that. Okay. But that record just fucking blows. It is so not good. <laughs> I, I just, I just, it's, it's the, it's the probably my least favorite thing that he's ever done. I, I just, I hated one. I hated all of the, all the songs are like two minutes long. They all felt like half songs. Like he, he wasn't in the mood to be there. So well, just... check out the European version. There's, there's the ones that I have. Uh, they're cool. One's called young and the damned. And one's oh. called cinematic. S I am. Check them out. And young and the damn school. It's like young and the damn. We are, we are. It was kind of like, did you were you involved were you involved with social intercourse? I've been involved in all kinds of social intercourse, Chris. <laughs> I don't mean with uh, men, I mean with Steven. <laughs> no, I didn't have no, and actually, okay, now you're juggling my my memory brain. Okay. Okay. Social intercourse was right when I joined the band. That would have been like 2001. Social intercourse was out. He was I remember him having those CDs, bringing them to the merch booth. His next one was Fueler, where I was already in the band. But I was just in his live band. I wasn't necessarily prolifically writing songs with him at that point. Okay. But then he did, like, as I said, when they were doing the European version, he did call me in. So I do have an affiliation with Fueler on a out of the United States version. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I thought social intercourse had some good songs on it. Like freak was a good tune and, um, okay. Freak. That's Carrie Kelly playing guitar. Okay. On that. And it is good. There are some cool songs on there. Yeah. Can't ever get enough was a good tune. Yep. Yeah. He writes on some of these. He's playing guitar. People don't realize that, but, uh, on some of those records, he's actually playing guitar. I don't know if that's the one that has in like pink, but that's it is, him. yeah. It has in yeah. like pink. That's another good song. I'm in the video, and that was him. You know what I like about Steven is he never gives up, no matter what is going on in his life. He always pushes forward, which is something sure. a good lesson for everyone. Oh, yeah. But uh the in like pink video, if you look it up at this point, he was making his own videos. Right. Okay? <laughs> like, I remember we we he's like yeah we went it was one of the we went to a rehearsal studio that we play at I forgot which one it was but he literally took his can his digital camera and he like propped it up on the door okay and it's a great shot it actually doesn't yeah. look bad you know right when I look at it it doesn't bother me but I'm I'm pretty young and it was a long time ago but uh, I I didn't play on that song that's him playing guitar okay but I, at the time I didn't argue about it I don't necessarily like being in a video where i'm not the guy who played on it but i mean what am i not gonna do it you know stephen piercy asked you to be in it right no you're right and and i'm always curious with with somebody like stephen how much and and not only him i'm i'd imagine everybody my feelings with that comment you put up there no (laughs) okay i'm telling you straight up i I said it you're the european version yeah, I'll have to hear the Euro version because the version I have is ass. I agree with TV in the chat. But um, how much does he care what the fans think? Like, does he try to write knowing so what the fans like, or little. does he not worry about it? And he just knows that what he does gen- generally fits what the rat fans like. Yeah, it, no, he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't let them affect him at all he he is like legitimately he's really good at not letting things bother him or care too much right. i have to say and he has his share here personal stuff as anyone does you sure. know what i mean but generally he's really good at that he's like he's probably one of the most optimistic people i've ever known in my life yeah and well, I, I know that i know this about steven he does not hold a grudge because no. at least with me i i mean you mentioned <laughs> You mentioned how much you wanted to fucking Nor kick do my I, ass right. for, I for, to, I for the sound. Well, well he told me, he told me at the, when we, when we ran into him at, um, at uh rock USA in Wisconsin at the Van Halen thing, 
when we when when we ran into Steven, he told me flat out that he fucking hated that we goofed on him like that. You guys were pretty ruthless about the time yeah. I came across that one episode. Yeah, the the, the Sao Paulo Sao Paulo show. It was that no, there's the episode. It was called "The Sad State of Stephen Piercy." Yeah, because he was all hammered and he sounded terrible, and he was like, he was hammered or and he was, was high like, or whatever. But I just remember at that time I was actually like trying to help and like monitor stuff a little bit sure. on YouTube and try to do some damage control. But he didn't give a shit, you know. And and really, it's because he really did. When you look back at Rat in that ten years what their contribution was and how hard those guys worked Mm -hmm. and the pressures that went along with it. I mean, that'll take years off your life. Sure. You know, and he, he gave all he, he, he needed to. Yeah. Well, he didn't stop there. He kept going. So at that point, when you keep going, it's like, Hey man, what are you complaining about? You know what I mean? I already gave you all this. Now I'm here. I'm doing that. And I'm trying to give you this. Mm -hmm. He's got to get off too. That's what he'll tell you. And I got the impression that he he sort of just knew that we liked him anyway, and that was just <laughs> us being honest. And and he wasn't upset about it. He was just like, oh, whatever, you know, shit happened. I mean, he's he'll be the first one to tell you that was a shit gig. He he had he had very very thick skin. Mm-hmm. Where when he took me out in the band in two thousand one, I was not used to any of that. Right. You know what I mean. And then like uh, metal sludge. Oh yeah, that was horrifying. You know, seeing things <laughs> written about you and people are all weighing right. in on it like that really horrified me. Where him, he could care well, less. From the minute Stephen got popular, though, he was taking a beating because there was always people that said from minute one they said he couldn't sing, he didn't have a good voice. He'll he tell you octave. He'll, he'll go. I was playing arenas and people were telling me I yeah. suck. You know, well, they <laughs> did. Dude, I, I can remember. I I I don't remember which magazine it was, but it was one of the one of them, probably Rip, because Rip was about the only one that would actually rip on bands. And Is that I why remember. They that? I, I don't. It might have been. Oh. I don't know. But I know this that I, whatever article I was reading, they were trying to sell the reasons that John Bon Jovi was better than Stephen Piercy. And I'm reading this article and I was, and they were just saying that he writes better songs. His songs are more emotional. He's got a better voice. You know, this, this, and that. And I was like, Steven, to me, to me is a way more recognizable voice Mm -hmm. than John Bon Jovi. John Bon Jovi is kind of generic sounding. When you hear Steven Piercy, doesn't matter if it says Vertex on the cover if it says Stephen Piercy on the cover, if it says Rat on the cover, if it says Vicious Delight on the cover, it does not matter. You know who you're hearing. You that's know? right. And, and that's because that dude, he had a unique sound. He's the guy. And you better He's, come out and see us when we come to your town. That's right. Show some love. Yeah. And you guys are going to be in a lot of people's towns in 2023, right? I saw my plane ticket is purchased for... Or Chicago area, we're playing the Vixen Theater, I think, uh, in about a week and a half. Okay. uh, Out there, so it's official. When I see a plane ticket, (laughs) I know it's going down. I know I haven't been fired or replaced. Or nice. Yeah. Well, that's cool, dude. Mm -hmm. And and I mean, you you guys are what halfway through? Where where you at with the record? Uh. Well, he his record that everybody's gonna get first is that uh, what's it not legend? What's it called? You know, what legacy. Le- thank you, legacy. I don't know why I can never remember that, but that is his first thing coming out, and I think he's really gone into the garage tapes. Okay, you know what I mean? Like he's pulling out at least stuff people haven't heard, like alternate versions of rat songs, maybe and stuff. It's a compilation of of unreleased uh things and I, I i know i probably have some stuff on there with them okay uh but that'll be the first thing that comes out uh and i don't know if this there's a cover song i didn't want to give it away yet very cool old rock and roll right uh, song um that he tasked me with doing and i don't know if it's gonna we're gonna get this done in time to get it on there but i think he does want to do it and he okay. did i just turned it into him like two days ago and he did write me back in, in all caps He's like, sounds awesome, brother. <laughs> it's like, 
10 exclamation marks. So nice. maybe maybe he'll move on it on it quick, but that, that's that's a cool little cover surprise. So will we but, see you and him in zoot suits in a, in a video? I hope so. <laughs> I'll pick up my old Bow Wow Wow Gretsch. Uh, but uh, and then um, the next record will come out hopefully later next year. But um, okay. we've been writing that for a couple of years now, right. just like as far as and when I say that, I think if you're really going to put a kick ass record together, you really do need like 20 or 30 song ideas to to, right. to pick the best 10 or the, that that resonate with him anyway. You know right. what I mean? Because I, I write stuff where he probably just doesn't hear something on it. And then it just whatever it sits in right. limbo. But then there's stuff that I think he didn't even listen to, and then it's time to do the record. He's like, all of a sudden wants to do that song. Right. I'm like, oh shit, okay. Uh-huh. Know, let me rewind what is, that. What is the importance these days of a record? Is it is it financial? Is it just he's creative and wants to create and put something out there? Or, or well, what the is cool it? thing I think when when you're um, a platinum artist you know you can actually still sell in the thousands of records and when you own it you know you're talking some good money and sure just to have stuff for the merch booth and something to talk about and you know he we want the crowd to get off of course but you know he needs to get off too he he likes to write music as i do i couldn't imagine going the rest of my life just playing the same songs and not ever writing anything new i mean that's uh you know part of our what we live for you know so whether they like it or not we're going to do it or whether they think it's shit or not and that's been one of the cool things about the steven solo shows is not only do you mix in some solo stuff here and there but you also play some covers that are that are not the standard horseshit covers it's not you know it's not living, loving, da, 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 you know, the same, the same old Zeppelin over and over and over again. You know, it's, it's like cool songs that like influenced him, which is, which is cool. It's cool to hear that against the rap music so that you can kind of get a feel for where he came from. You, you know, know it's a cool, and this is from where he came from, but there was one awesome cover that we did and it is on YouTube. I have a Mickey rap madness YouTube channel that I should put more love into that i don't but i think it's on there but it's a david bowie cover okay it's, it's a song called cracked actor oh wow and surprisingly uh it was pretty awesome and we actually pulled it off one night and i think something gets ingrained in you when it's a band from your youth that just burns in your brain like i can remember all the metallica lyrics for some reason even though sure. i can't remember our conversation from yesterday and uh <laughs> You know, he was like that with his music, you know, in the 70s when he was a teenager. Right. And his sister uh, took him to see uh, Ziggy Stardust at the San Diego Sports Arena. So he loves David Bowie. Right. And uh, I remember he was like, you know what song I want to do? Cracked Actor, which I personally hadn't even, wasn't even really familiar with at the time. But, (laughs) and and then I was listening to it. I'm like, I don't know, maybe. It almost like, almost has a Marilyn Manson kind of feel to potential to it sure but uh, and and that's always we it was short-lived but i think we only played it like with that lineup a couple of times and and it was a situation where the crowd didn't recognize it and that's what sucks okay Mm -hmm. and as you were talking earlier with playing like more obscure songs and besides most of the people there 90 percent of them won't know what the hell it is right but that sucks though because then it's the we always joke about on the CMS about uh, Dream On and how much fucking Steven Tyler must hate playing Dream On because right. he's had to play it every gig of his life pretty much since you know it was like a hit when they started to where right. now he's got to end every single show with Dream On and he's probably like Ugh, hate this fucking song maybe I, I got it well the end of it he probably still does. like round and round. I think he does. I mean, for the same reason why I like to play it too, is because you know what makes people happy. It's like it's like having some really good news for somebody. You know, if you went door to door and you're like, "You just won a thousand dollars," just handed it to somebody. Yeah, yeah, you feel good, you know, giving it to them, and they they love that song, mm-hmm. and so you're, we're giving them a thousand dollars. Sure. But see, I'll I'll just, I'll equate it to CMS world. I get people all the time when I'm talking CMS and they'll be like, 
Do you remember when you said ba 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 ba? Whatever it is that I said. Right. And they'll and if I'm talking to them in a bar or something, they'll be like, "Tell me that story again." They'll be <laughs> like, "Oh man, do you remember when you talked about Wes on the boat? Tell my tell me that story. My my girlfriend here never heard it, or whatever." And then I'll, you know, most of the time I'll just tell it to him again, but I don't have the same juice for it anymore because it was, it was when it was fresh, it was fresh. That's when you have to start making shit up and like, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy. And, but to my point, Steven is, is retelling round and round for the 3 millionth time. Right. You know, muscle memory too. I'll tell you, which is awesome because then. In his in the past, no matter how say Fucked intoxicated up. or whatever <laughs> maybe he could go out and just fart those those yeah. lyrics out and just like he could be in a coma probably yeah, in the hospital and you can hand him a microphone and he'd be yeah. like out on the streets. That's yeah. where we'll meet. <laughs> There's certain songs like the majority of them I, I like to know that he, he's gonna do a confident show. Right. Uh, you know, so that is the the majority of them are ones that that he's got that muscle memory on, and then you know maybe working a new one. Uh, you know we we were doing a couple songs off the last two solo records, but not too many because again, right. not as well known as the Rat stuff. Right. Um, and View to a Thrill really got no promotion, unfortunately, and I sure, worked really yeah. hard on it too, which sucks. Mm-hmm. Do but, you ever? Do you ever like? talk about or or work up and and maybe it just doesn't happen but do you ever talk about even doing like deeper tracks from the rat stuff like i don't know got me on the line or something like that uh we 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 have and it's it's kind of uh i guess there's some contention with that with what the the current lineup thinks the crowd would like or not okay you know our, our our tour manager thinks that because when the bobby blotzer band played these songs that the crowd loved it sure you know but i i mean that was a younger singer singing it so i don't necessarily know if it's a song that we haven't done a long time how good we're gonna do it you know what i mean mm-hmm. um there's certain factors that just go into what songs uh we're we're gonna play but the muscle memory thing that's a big part of the show because we want to come out and kick ass and not have sure. it be weird and most of the people do just want to hear Wanted Man, Way Cold Jr., You're in Love. We have see the Rat has so many well-known hits that were oh, videos. Yeah. Well, I mean, dude, Rat has enough hits that you can't even play all the hits. Right. We try to go, was it a video? The ones that that, that seem like we should probably play are um from the point break oh, uh, movie. Nobody rides for free. We should probably play that. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one, shame, 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 which he always says, that's too many lyrics, you know, or <laughs> yeah. that's a good song though. Pretty heavy and cool. And some people probably would expect that, but short of that, we do, we play like about 15 to 17 songs yeah. and 15 of those are certified hits off his platinum selling records. So well, that's we play it. them really it's, loud. Is they, they have a lot of, I mean, there, there was a lot of hits. There was easily 10 10 top five hits right easily right and then when we start playing the deeper cuts though we feel it like you can see the crowd take a big dip okay is that that's everybody's filing out to go get a beer or whatever it's no it's not they're not leaving and it's not that they don't like it but you definitely notice that they don't know it. it's something you you have to be on stage to kind of be aware of sure but it's an obvious thing where they go from singing everything and being really into the show to all of a sudden just staring at you and standing there and then maybe just singing the chorus part because they sort of remember that from listening to the record or whatever (laughs) i'll give an example like uh there's a there's a cool rat song called dangerous but worth the risk oh yeah good okay and uh and it's and it's cool and it's like the beginnings you know conducive for a live show it's like all the 80s quiz essential riffs right. going on there but people don't know that one as well it wasn't a video um and when we play it they're just kind of staring at us and it sucks like because it takes effort to play it you know what i mean sure. and if, at the end of the day you want to see like when you're making love to a woman right 
You want everything you're doing to be not to, some to little girl a response. And if you notice she's not doing anything for a certain amount of time, you're like, geez, right. maybe I shouldn't do that. Right. You know, or whatever. It's kind of the same idea. Yeah, but who who pays attention to what she wants? That's right. It's really about us. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and therefore you should play all the songs that only Steven likes. <laughs> <laughs> rat pisses all over molly well that's just mean that's true though they're both awesome bands from our no youth. they're not they're stuff. not <laughs> i can say it you can't but i can they're not well, we're, both we're awesome bands shows with vince so absolutely i gotta i gotta be look cool. i'm not gonna take anything away from the fact that vince and motley crew had a lot of good songs totally but they had equally or more bad songs they did they they just they were never a great band. They were a great radio band. When it came to radio hits, couldn't touch them. They always had three radio hits, and they always made a shit ton of money. I'm not going to take that away from Miley Crew. I'm not going to lie and say that they didn't. The problem is, is when you get past those three songs on a record, you know, you go to Girls, Girls, Girls. You get past the title track. You get past Wild Side, and you get past. Um, That's right. What was the other song on that one? Don't there go isn't any mad, other maybe? ones. You just nailed it. Like, and that was all those bands that had that in common. However, I don't know. Rat had later on some of their records started getting some filler like that. But even they were pretty good. Where some of these other bands really, just like you said, like bands like Kiss would only have like two decent, barely decent yeah. songs, and they would have one at least, at least one good song that they would have a video for. Yeah kind of based the tour off of but i feel ripped off when i when i think of my kid recollection of having to spend 12 13 on a record sure really there was only two songs i could have bought i would have preferred like today Buy a single or whatever yeah. yeah yeah dude and i'll argue with with you steven whoever all day long about those later rat records city to city or whatever that album was called the one with city to city on it right. reach for the sky Yes. Or or the one with shame on it, Detonator. Mm -hmm. Those are great. Those are good. Those are great records. And there's seven good songs on each one of those. But they had at that point they were they were worth millions, and they had songwriters that were being brought in to yeah. work with them. Now Stephen was a part of all those sessions. You know right. what I mean? He's writing that, but you're bringing in this other entity into the writing process so then you're getting away now they're thinking we need to make money we need to make uh more commercial songs we need to do this where like the rat that really made people diehard fans was a more heavy metal rat sure that was more like where do you, th like where do you think they changed or, you know. where do you think they changed at reach for the sky uh, or i think that? it was around reach for the sky probably. i think it's before that i can possibly. point to one song where i absolutely hated it and i was like oh this is different Seventh Avenue. On Seventh Avenue. I hate, hate that song. Seventh Avenue. It just was like, what is <laughs> this? Remember how that one goes. People do that. They call out songs, and I, I didn't have a lot of the. I didn't have a lot of money to buy records back then. Sure. anyway. but I did have a couple of the Molly ones. I think I ended up with a Rat Tape or something, but I okay. didn't know when I was in Stevens' band. People would call out songs. Set play Seventh Avenue. No. Don't. And I'm like, I don't even know what the hell that is. I want to know to meet you, girl, on 7th <laughs> Avenue. Some of the other guys in our band really know some of these, like Scott Coogan. He's, he knows all the rat stuff as well as uh, the other guitarist knows. That's a bad song. Movies. He's mentioned that. They've wanted to play some of these deeper cuts. I'm okay with it, but I think, you they know. They want to play 7th Avenue? No. Oh, come on. No. Uh, we were talking about playing um, I Want a Woman. That's a good tune. Not like, some little girl. Okay. Yeah. Hasn't grown up in daddy's big world. I like Yeah, that that's tune. another video song where we were yeah. where we're, I, was, I was like, yeah, we could pull that off. So, I mean, yeah. we did learn that and I, we might be playing that. All right, here answer this question for Chad in the chat room. Did Rat not make the stadium tour because they couldn't get the OG members together or was it because Motley was afraid <laughs> Rat would blow them off the stage? Yeah, I think that they uh, didn't um, know what was probably going on with Rat, maybe. But that would have been perfect. You yeah, know? I, I just don't think Rat is big enough. A Rat reunion, I don't think it'd be big enough. It would not be bigger. You got to look at what it would have been. They would have replaced Poison. Right. 
So they got to be bigger, a bigger draw than poison. Here's the question. I don't think they are. Had Bobby Blotzer not gone off and hijacked the rat name, would there be an alternate history where don't make me all big on the screen? (laughs) Anyways, uh, would there be an alternate universe where rat did get put on that stadium tour? Maybe if all that goofy drama didn't happen. I don't think so, man. I just don't. I, I think I, I I'll tell you where I think if if you wanted to split off the alternate universe, you got to go way back to before the two rats. You got to go okay. back to like two thousand. A tale of two rats. Because I think once you've done two bands with the same name, you've wrecked a brand. Right, and you're talking about John Karabi or yeah, the or, Karabi no, or Jizzy, 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 Jizzy Pearl. Pearl. And again, right. I saw those shows. Those were fun shows. I saw, I saw Rat and I saw Steven literally within a week of each other, I think. Jizzy's <laughs> just a cool singer, so everything he does is cool, no matter yeah. what it is. Jizzy's great. I love Jizzy, man. But but he, I think that's where Rat, once they did that, you can't go back. Yeah. The same reason L.A. Guns could never be on that tour, or Great White could never be on that tour, or you We're know, Queensrÿche could never be on that tour. If you've yeah. had two bands with the same name, you're dead. Well, you're right in the sense that you know there was never a scab poison running around. Never, no. When poison, I mean, as close to a scab poison as they had was the Cotson years and the, but and the Blue Sarzino years. But year. allow me to allow me to interject. You know the fact that they have Joan Jett and I know she's had some of her bandmates in the band for for years. Mm-hmm. Uh but it's a solo band. Yeah, it's not you the Blackhearts. It's as, not the guys as... I saw in the I Love Rock and Roll video. No. You know what I mean? And so with that said, why the hell wasn't the Stephen Piercy band put on that? That oh. would have been so kick ass like let us open the show. You yeah, see here here I'll tell you why. Because she's a media darling. Her okay. music's always been average at best. Let's be She's honest. She has two, she has two fucking hits. She has two fucking hits, but Rolling Stone loves her. Right. She's like the fucking pretenders. And she's a safe bet. You know Joan's going to show up and deliver. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be any potential issues. Perhaps, but think think about everything that, that that tour had to overcome, too. You have Motley Crue, notorious, you know, throwing their dick around guys. So you got you you needed a chick band to cover the me too crowd to hide the fact that motley crew are scumbags oh and, and poison were scumbags too back in the 80s not as bad but they were horse too this is a game of 3d chess i never 4d chess but dude to sell something that big you got to be able to say well you gotta cover the bases we got a woman on the tour yeah they're yeah, not misogynistic yeah. no bad men jones happy to come out and play these shows with if jones playing you know it's yeah. legit and okay and it's been approved by the lgbtq yeah well, yeah the the rock and roll hall of famer joan jett she's out on the tour is she in the hall right. of fame probably well we're gonna do our own little mini stadium tour and this will be Vince Neil and Stephen Piercy, which has been a very polarizing announcement, I have to tell you. Why? Why are people <laughs> upset about that? Because, oh, because man, like, usually my Facebook him? is so chill and like a safe yeah. place, mm-hmm. but it became very hostile very fast. Do people not like, like Vince? Is it because of Vince? Yeah, I'd say mostly, you know, where like people feel compelled to say something negative, which are generally like people that you don't hear from that. And all of a sudden they felt you know compelled to go well he's you know whatever the negative thing you know it was just like wow okay look the the problem look and and i can already tell what it is is people hate the fact that he fucking comes out there and half-asses the gigs that's what it is whether it's because he's fat or because he doesn't sing or what i'm sure it's both of those things right he sings poorly and he's fat that's that's the two negatives that vince gets yeah they're not he's not getting much compassion you know, but when you and, and and I know, generally speaking, we hold these guys up at a high level. But I can even speak for myself because I, mm-hmm. you, you're not going to see me shirtless at a show. Sure. Okay, I'm pretty average, dude. You know what I mean? And it's hard to like maintain that. I realize he makes millions of dollars. If you want to pay me millions of dollars, I'd look like Bruce Goddamn Lee. But. Yeah, well, the, the, here, I've never he, had I, millions. He's already had the millions, so he doesn't look at it the same as me. No, he doesn't. And 
here's the problem with Vince that most people have. And I'll, I'll say it straight up so that you ain't taking any of this hit. This is my problem with Vince. It's not so much he's fat. Fuck, I'm fat. Who cares about that? You know, that's, that is what it is. If, if you hate me because I'm fat, then you just fucking hate me. And I'm sure Vince is the same way with that. Right. The problem with Vince is he doesn't do what's necessary to give the people what they're paying for. Right. Half-assing songs, singing every third word, you know, that kind of bullshit is, it, it feels like a ripoff if you're spending the money, you know, and, and it feels more like a ripoff. Truthfully, it feels more like a ripoff when it's not Motley Crue because Motley Crue are average players, but okay. the Vince Neil band are great players. Those oh, guys they are, are there. Yeah, yeah. He's got a great backing band behind him. And right. You're going to get out, a kick ass show. Yeah. But and then, it's a sing along anyway. So hopefully that'll make up for it. Yeah. <laughs> but he comes out and he's like, he's like, Rat, hear me. Yeah. And you know, and now we got memes and stuff, and, and people are pretty brutal. And it's so much easier to share. Like when these guys had bad shows in the 80s, nobody heard about it. You know, well, I mean, and, and that's, that's another that's another thing too is that Motley Crew, I saw Motley all the way back to Shout at the Devil. Okay, never were a good live band. I had a great okay, and I'll I accept your opinion. My San Diego Sports Arena Doctor Feel Good Night was a very awesome one. I don't recall hearing anything that sounded funky to me as far okay. as the, the performance, but those were my seventeen-year-old ears. Sure. My fifteen-year-old guy ears, but I disagree with that. Was that yeah. the years that he was wearing the spider button-up shirts that, that um, had like a spider design on them? I don't recall that. I, I, uh, who was I, the opener? Faster Pussycat. They were the opener. Yes. Yeah, I saw the same tour. I saw it. I saw it up at um, Oakland Coliseum. Same tour. I was out. That was when I was out in California, 89. So okay. I, I saw the same tour and they were better than they had been, honestly. Right. But I mean, haven't seen them. I mean, I saw my girls, girls, girls. I couldn't believe they were going to get through the set. Okay. They just were stoned out of their minds. Terrible misplaying shit. Just, it was, it was their really bad. were taken over by that point. They couldn't yeah. hold it together hardly. And it's, it is weird. I mean, it's the whole the whole ride is a weird one and you mix in the partying and the, the, the drugs and the alcohol and it's easy to get caught up in it. Right. No, it, it is. And, and, but the thing is with Motley, they got more and more, as they got more and more successful, they got worse as, a, as players because right. they just didn't care as much. Dude, I'll tell you, you know, I, I've seen Motley, I don't know, 10, 15 times. I was, I was a big, big fan of them up until Nikki started hating me. And now we just, now I can't listen to him anymore, but, yeah. <laughs> but, um, I will say the best that they ever, and this will probably surprise you best show I ever saw of them was on, um, theater pain. Okay. They were just, cause they were still young. You know, they were, they were still a little bit hungry. They were like out, they were big, but they were still out to, prove to the world that they were the best sure they felt important and were doing their uh -huh. best and i think i'm not positive on this but i'm pretty sure we got the first cleveland got the first show when vince got out of jail for killing razzle Ugh. so he was pumped to make kind of the the big splash you right. know that the you know he, he didn't want to come out and suck off the back of being in jail sure and um I mean, they destroyed it. It was a killer show. And it's funny because I see Vince say, saying things now, like he doesn't like any of the songs on that album and that that album wasn't any good. And there, there were some good songs on that record that they right. played live that were great, like Keep Your Eye on the Money and stuff. That was a good song. Not to, not to go into a dark point of what you were just talking about, yeah, but yeah. the it's hard for me to like agree that he he like murdered someone. You know what I mean? Because given the circumstances, and I know he was fucked up, and it's it's a it's a terrible tragedy what happened, and no one should operate a car when they've had too much to drink. That's obvious. Yeah. But I have always felt that the other partying people that get into the car are equally at oh, fault. I, I, it's I not do like agree with you there. Razzle ordered a fucking Uber and no, Vince no, no, Neal no, no. showed up. 
you know um they were all fucked up and and i just it's it's not the same as if like yeah razzle was banging vince's girl he stabbed him to death no you know what i mean but it was an accident vince did 30 days in jail or whatever it was meanwhile the other family that got you know chump change as a settlement that he that he crashed into you know they're still fucked up absolutely there's other people messed up and this there's they had nothing to do with right you know that's that to me is the crime is that he didn't have to do if me or you did that we'd still be in jail do you think you, you think so? Yeah, manslaughter. I mean, it, I guess yeah. it depends where what state it, it happens in. If we weren't still in jail, we'd just be out. We wouldn't have been out more than five years. Well, yeah. I mean, you're going to do at least f- five, maybe five to seven. I don't think anyone's gotten a life sentence for manslaughter. You know what I mean? I think he would have eventually uh, gotten out had he done more time, but I don't. No, he got out because of his money. celebrity. He got out. Yeah. I mean, he got out and made fucking PSAs that hey, don't drink and drive. Yeah, Robert Cross did that too. Yeah, it's it's really money. I mean, that's but on on a flip side, I guess that is one awesome thing about America <laughs> and probably yeah. a lot of other countries too. That uh oh, you got yourself into some shit. Yeah. Well, I guess you got. I hope you got a couple million dollars to smooth this over. Yeah. Well, that's you it. know, or you know, because any if we didn't have that kind of money, we would be doing the time. And I'm sure if he didn't have that kind of money, or they weren't the machine they were at that time mm-hmm. to the economy or whatever. Yeah. But the whole thing sucks, and I feel bad, and we wonder why he has issues. I mean, he's had to live with that his whole life. No, I agree. Got, I agree. But he has his a daughter dying. It sucks, yeah. man. But I'll tell you this, uh, and again, I don't want to turn this into a Vince sure. killing session, especially right. since you're going out on tour with him. But yes, he has not helped himself any with some <laughs> of his behavior. No, like no, he's done some like, fucked up shit, right? Like when the Skyler Neil benefit shows were going on, and he refused to sign shit. Oh, I thought you were going to say punch some woman for trying to take a picture or something. <laughs> no, no, dude. Here, here in Cleveland, the, 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 the Skyler Neal, they had like a, an annual Skyler, Skyler right. Neal Which benefit. is his daughter that passed away. Yeah. Right. And the girl that used to, and, I, and me and Neely both knew the girl. She was a sweetheart. And um, she brought a bunch of stuff to get signed to get auctioned off okay. to raise money for, you know, for Vince's dead kid. Right. Basically, and um Vince wouldn't sign it. He well, was like, no, I'm not God signing this shit. It, I'm gonna uh I'm gonna write this down. All right, yeah. Tell Vince I'm, gonna... I'm tell Vince I'm still mad. <sighs> One of the first things <laughs> I'm gonna do when I see Vince is ask him why the hell he didn't do that. Look, you assume you're gonna see Vince. I'm gonna see him, dude. We're playing. It's like a that mini doesn't mean that you'll see him. I've met I have a picture with Vince Neal. Do you? It's before they did the remaking Vince Neil era, but right. yeah, and he was actually totally cool to me. Uh, well, I'm, I'm a, looking forward to seeing a current picture of you and Vince Neil. It, it, okay, I think. Oh, are you? Yes. Is that a dare? Or that is a dare. That's the best. <laughs> That's the best. I'll buy. I will buy you your next set of guitar strings. Ooh. If when is the show? Uh, our first Vince Neil show is at a casino in what is it, Arizona or something? Two weeks? Is it that soon? I, I really should look. I oh, really well, here's what look. we'll do. Here's what we'll do. If the Monday after that show, you can produce a picture of you and Vince together, I will buy you the guitar strings, your next set of guitar strings. Give me a challenge that's difficult, man. I'm like giving you that and... challenge. Let me see you live that one down. <laughs> I'll get your picture, okay? All right. Let I'll me see that one. Now, I'll whether he's strings. aware that I'm taking a picture, no, you, you gotta be, you gotta that. be arm and arm. You didn't say that it's too late. Uh, you gotta be arm and I arm. I just need to be in the photo with Look, him. Anybody could photobomb him. <laughs> no, they can't. You need special access and credentials for that. Yeah, I don't want a picture of him and Steven with you going behind him. Okay, well now you're just being difficult. Yeah. Hey, I'm putting a prize up for this. Yeah, and those strings uh, are going to cost me what, like, like five dollars. They're like five dollars. I yeah, thought you were going to say like you're going to give me one of those cool Eddie Van Halen guitars on your wall or something. Hey, you can have all of them. I'll send you the picture. <laughs> 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 all right, dude. Let's get the fuck out of here, man. All this right, is, man. Well, hey, we made lemonade out of lemons. 
lemonade yeah, into something. That's but, right. All right. So you obviously have no idea when and where you're going to be anywhere. So we'll leave that. No. As, go to go to what officialstevenpiercy.com to find out where Eric will be. Yes, and uh, and come out and see those Vince Piercy shows too. He's starting to put those up there. There's going to yeah. be more. There'll be more. Yeah. Everybody should definitely go and check those them out. Now, will you be when you're out on the road? Will you be rock star Eric, or will if somebody says I saw you on Chris Aiken presents, will you take a photo with them? I always I take photo. I'm so nice to people, generally speaking. I mean, especially if they have drugs. No, <laughs> um, I'll I'll take pictures with anybody, but I don't mm-hmm. go out looking. I'm not like the guy who's gonna go roaming out hoping you're gonna come up to me. Like if you happen to be somewhere where I'm at, like yeah, the, you know, yeah. but. Yeah, there you go. Go up to Eric, buy him a beverage. How's that? Buy Eric a <laughs> beverage. He likes beverages. But what kind of out. beverage? Should, what kind of beverage should they bring you? No, I don't. You know what? I only drink at home. I honestly, just to really? specify, I do not drink out at the Piercy shows. I'm totally sober at those, and that's is uh, that because of Stephen? Yeah, that because, absolutely, right. absolutely, out of respect for him, and uh, and, and a I slightly just, different yeah. different environment when I saw you. No, you, oh, I don't care. You <laughs> like I, I very, I've drank a lot of beverages tonight. <laughs> nice <laughs> alright we're getting out of here make sure you check out Eric um, whenever he comes to your town officialstevenpiercy.com for that uh, get all of our interviews and stuff I have no idea who's on the show Wednesday or Friday this week but there'll be new interviews um, Wednesday and Friday and I'll get this one turned around for tomorrow and that's it so for uh, Chris Aiken Presents I am Chris Aiken and I'm Eric Ferentinos And we will see you next week.